Welcome to the Analects of Ike, a companion to the blog over at ike.substack.com. It'd be great if you would go over there and subscribe, but if you don't, every so often I'll be dropping some little nuggets here on the sound side of things. And maybe you'd like to subscribe to that too. And this is the inaugural episode, beginning with the exit. Lao Tzu was a librarian. Kung Fu Tse, known in the West as Confucius, was a sheriff. As it happens, the leading guide of Taoism and the man behind Confucianism actually met. The only known instance of founders of major world religions meeting eye to eye. But they didn't see eye to eye. Kung Fu Tse and his posse were being too loud in the library, so Lao Tzu did what any librarian would do. He threw them out, which probably says a lot about the origins of religious intolerance, or at least the cultural clashes between academics and law enforcement. But I digress. As legends go, there's often more value in the story than there is in the absolute truth. The historians might quibble with me, but that's their job. Lao Tzu was troubled, though. Not because he had a beef with the beef. This was a time of savage conflict, wars between neighboring states and territories. The China that we know today, the Middle Kingdom, was anything but consolidated yet. Existence was nasty and brutish, and lives were short. The librarian had had enough and set off for the hills. Before he could cross the border, he was stopped by a guard who accused him of trying to leave with state treasure. Lao Tzu opened his bags and trunks, revealing nothing but personal belongings. The guard said, no, you're leaving with your accumulated wisdom. Legend has it that Lao Tzu then sat down under a tree next to the gate and started etching characters into clay tablets. The final product would be known as plates, which is why to this day, when you open a copy of the Tao Te Ching, you won't find chapters or pages or verses. You find plates, like plate nine. Better to stop short than fill to the brim. Over-sharpen the blade, and the edge will soon blunt. Amass a store of gold and jade, and no one can protect it. Claim wealth and titles, and disaster will follow. Retire when the work is done. This is the way of heaven. When Latsu had completed 81 plates, he was finished. And, legend has it, that he gathered his things and walked off into the mountains, never to be seen nor heard again. And the guard went with him leaving stacks of clay tablets under the tree, just inside the border gate. The 81 plates can be easily read in a couple of hours, but take a lifetime to truly appreciate. Go back through one you've seen before, and there are new insights that you now have additional applications to discover. It's deep and rewarding, and it doesn't require you to subscribe to any religious practice or belief, so don't let that get in the way. I've seen attempts at updating the Tao Te Ching, I have at least one friend who's tried. A project of that scope is daunting. Who are we to assume that we have the accumulated knowledge or wisdom? But it occurs to me that we're all headed for the mountains eventually. My bout with cancer and associated pains, both the disease and the cure, made me consider what I'll be leaving under the tree. The Art of War Sun Tzu was an outstanding general and tactician. To say he wrote the book on warfare and conflict is not an understatement. It is the statement. However, the layout of the book is different than what you'll find in the Tao Te Ching. 
Lao Tzu gave us a body of work that uses dozens of themes like family, duty, group dynamics, and harmony, infused with metaphors about water and life and light and the 10,000 things, that infinite universe of petty distractions. But the plates read in a neutral fashion. It's just you and the words. He gives you things to think about at your leisure. The Art of War isn't a monologue. Well, it started as one. Master Sun's teachings are extremely straightforward and practical, and by themselves would barely fill a trifold pamphlet. If you go and grab a copy of the book, though, you'll find a lot of additional commentary turning the lessons into a full-on symposium. Master Sun's simple maxims are interpreted and reframed by many subsequent generals and mayors and doctors and philosophers. It's a conversation taking place across more than a millennium. Characters like Cow Cow can be brutally practical in how he applies the lessons of the battlefield, while other generals like Du Mu can be pensive, examining how the consequence of war can affect the homes of both the losers and the winners. My Kung Fu School required the study of these two books, The Tao Te Ching and The Art of War, and a third, The Analects of Confucius. When we focused on The Art of War, we actually read the book aloud, like the cast of a movie. Each of us had characters and would take turns in the conversation as Cow Cow and Lee Kuan would gently bicker across the centuries. It gave us an appreciation of critical interpretation done in real time. It also prepared us for the challenge of the Analects. From the pieces come the whole. The word analex isn't a proxy for any acquired wisdom. There's nothing smart about the word at all. It simply means fragments. From the rather plain but deep Tao Te Ching to the narrative cacophony of Art of War, we come to a book that has none of the direct teachings of Confucius. None. I mean, what do you expect? Sheriffs are there to get shit done. Cops never like doing paperwork. So imagine that we had an Art of War with no Sun Tzu. The Analects of Confucius is the assorted collection of margin notes left behind by the students of the Sheriff of Wu province. No syllabus, no through line for the plot, just the observations and sometimes silly takes on the applications of his wisdom. Our goal as a circle of students was to, as best we could, reconstruct the ethical system of the Confucian. Obviously, it would never be perfect, but it had to be compatible and complete and beyond confusion. Faced with an ethical dilemma, it had to be clear enough that anyone reading it would know instantly where you stood. It wasn't easy, not in the least. The reverse engineering of an entire system of ethics and morals based on the breadcrumbs of students who didn't know they were cutting the crust for our future benefit. Actually, that's a pretty good metaphor. Confucius once admonished a student, telling them that if he gives you a corner, you ought to be able to find the square. And if he gives you three corners, there's no excuse not to find the square. We know this because another student thought it was funny enough to drop in his notebook. Into the breach. I'm by no means a perfect human. I've made mistakes and I've hurt people. I've also tried investing in others and I hope that those keeping my omniscient ledger will account for all of it. Those who know me will vouch for all of that. And they'll vouch that my brain works on a different skew than most. I can't really do it justice, but let's just say that the way my synapses and neurons categorize new information and synthesize new experiences, I often end up seeing things that others don't. It also comes with some fairly significant blind spots. I can't just sit down and pound out 81 chapters and walk away. Lord knows I'm not that wise, 
And I hope that I'm not done learning and sharing. But we don't all walk to the border. The border comes to us on its schedule, not ours. When you cross over the boundary into the great beyond, it's too late to take your parting shout. And I'm not going to assume that I have a few more decades left to prepare my scream. What I want to do is leave behind here some analects of my own. Observations about the world we know and the world we'd like to know. Some ideas about how to dissect those thorny issues where reasonable people agree and the unreasonable masses prepare for the moral equivalent of war. Thoughts about taxonomies and categories and how we can use story and narrative to understand or maybe even persuade. If I do my job here, and I'm blessed with enough time to do it, it just might be possible that some of you will be able to reconstruct my method and my madness and be able to derive what would Ike think for situations I'd never considered. Whether you believe it was design or evolution, we have a pair of eyes for a reason. There's great value in having more than one perspective, more than one way of seeing the world. The more eyes you can see through, the more informed your worldview becomes and the greater appreciation you'll have for depth and how things connect. Or maybe I'm just full of crap. The pupils of Kung Fu Tse weren't above a fart joke now and then. Hey, I want to thank you again for listening. Please go to ike.substack.com and subscribe. Get the updates in your inbox. Take the free trial. And if you like what you hear, if you like what you see, go ahead and subscribe on the paid plan. I'm not in this to make a lot of money. I just want enough money coming in that I'll feel guilty if I don't update often enough. Play on my guilt. Help me. Thanks.